Welcome back to Calculating Christmas. If you missed the previous chapters, you can find them on this podcast and the episode list. And now, Chapter 6, Mom's New Assistant. I didn't want to wake up the next morning. I wanted to lie in my warm bed and relive my Kalo dream. We were back on Santa's sleigh, before Carol's sour self joined us. The cuddling was nice, Kalo was nice, and holding his hand was nice squared. Blair tried to wake me three times before she just snatched away all my covers. Then, when I finally made it downstairs, Carol had been hogging the bathroom, probably to apply her gothic makeup, Mom was sprawled on the couch in her robe. She looked awful and kept one hand on the trash can next to her. Are you sick, Mom? She groaned. Oh, go see if your dad is awake. I can't enroll Carol like this. Um, Dad can't enroll her either, I pointed out. Why not, Lily? She looked green. Because Dad is dead, at least to the school people. My dead father can't just show up at my school. Fiddlesticks! Mom groaned again. Why is our life so difficult? I rolled my eyes. Let's see, Mom. One dead, but really alive, king of fairyland father, plus one distractible, famous writer mother, plus one teen who is living happily ever after, but who has to constantly worry about not succumbing to all those emotions, plus one crazy, gothic, angry foster daughter, equals one difficult life. Mom grabbed the trash can. I fled into the kitchen, trying to outrun the sound of barfing. I almost made it. I joined Carol, who was now in the dining room, eating my cereal as far as possible away from the barf bucket. There is an open archway that connects the dining room with the living room, so even though I had left the room Mom was being sick in, I could still hear and see her. Carol looked funny eating sugary cereal while dressed in her goth gear. I smiled as I pictured her doing other things that didn't fit her surly, prickly outside, like petting a kitten, blowing bubbles, or watching a romantic movie. Carol's eyes narrowed at my smile. What? She asked, all the niceness of last night's thank you gone. I shook my head and looked down. Telling Carol what I had been thinking about her would likely equal pain. She was about to say something else when my parents came in. It'll be fine, Jenny. I'll enroll Carol at the school, Dad said, fumbling with the buttons on his shirt. Why can't he stay upstairs until he's dressed? Seeing your dad almost shirtless is unmathematical. But... Don't worry, I'll explain that you're sick and say I'm your assistant. Writers have assistants, don't they? Yes, but we can have Blair call ahead as you to let them know I'm coming. I was shocked when I found out Blair was our housekeeper. I thought my mom had taken care of our house all those years, but no, she hired Blair. Besides folding laundry impeccably and whistling while she works, Blair is a perfect mimic. She can make her voice sound like anyone's. Mom occasionally used her to return boring calls. I used her once last month to be my mother's voice and get me out of school. That equation ended in both me saving everyone and getting grounded. Dad smiled. It'll be fine. Now go lie down. He turned her around and sent her back to the living room. You're taking us? I asked with a mouthful of cereal. Dad ran a hand over his hair. Your mother is right, Lily. You do need some princess lessons. Please don't talk with your mouth full. He's wanted to talk about good manners while he's half-dressed in front of his daughter and one of his royal subjects. Carol smirked at me. Finish eating quickly, get your things, and get into the car. Carol, I trust you have supplies. A book bag, notebooks, etc.? Carol nodded. Yes, Your Majesty. Dad smiled. Don't call me that at the school. He turned to go out through the kitchen into the garage. Dad can drive? I hadn't thought about this before. Dad had never left our house in this world that I had seen, but I suppose he must have done so back when he was in college and dating Mom. I finished my cereal and went back through the living room to the stairs. 
Blair was on the cordless phone using mom's voice to say she was too sick to enroll her niece and that her assistant, Matt, would be bringing Carol to the school. Mom was flat on the couch, like a line with a slope of zero. It means a horizontal line. A line has a slope of zero because all the y-coordinates have the same value. Just as I reached the top of the stairs, two men came out of the bathroom. Trenchies. Excuse us, princess, one said, pushing past me down the stairs. I quickly dashed into my room and grabbed my homework off my desk. Great. I hadn't finished the health and careers assignment. I shoved everything in my bag. Maybe I could get it done during announcements, since there wouldn't be time before school started? An equation of chaos met me when I returned downstairs. Chaos equals mom now on the floor, sorting through some official-looking papers, plus Blair pressing a wet cloth to her head and trying to get her to lie back down, plus dad and the two trenchies arguing in the middle of the kitchen, dad saying, it's only half a mile, and the trenchies saying, all the same, your majesty, the council feels, plus Carol leaning on the door jamb between the kitchen and the garage, smirking at everything. Mom came into the kitchen holding her trash can and some papers. Matt, these are the documents Hia made for Carol. Her social security card, her birth certificate, and the forged previous school records. You'll need them to enroll her. Dad sighed as he took the papers. The council feels it is too dangerous for me to drive half a mile to take the girls to school. Dad uncharacteristically rolled his eyes. The shorter trenchy politely pretended to not see the eye rolling. Your Majesty, please understand. The risk is too great. We have reliable intelligence that Levi is actively looking for an alternate way to reach Otherworld. Levi? I asked, interested. Why would he want to come to the real world? Short Trenchy glanced at Dad before going on. We can only assume he wishes to harm the Sparrow family in a realm beyond all of our magical protections. Mom looked like she was going to be sick again. Okay, enough intelligence talk. The girls need to go to school now or they'll be late. But is that safe for the princess, Your Majesty? The tall Trenchy asked. The council has also recommended it would be safer for her to continue her education in Smith's SFL. What? I blurted and turned to my mom. You promised me I could keep going to school. Mom held up her hand that wasn't clutching the trash can. Calm down, Lily. At present, it seems Levi is still only seeking a way into this world. If he hasn't found one yet, then for today at least, it is safe for her to go to school. For today? Short Trenchy stepped forward. Oh, but your majesty... Dad nodded and took over since Mom was now holding the trash can under her mouth. I will discuss the security issues with the entire council when I return. You two can accompany us to keep me safe from the dangers of our suburban neighborhood. Then we will all work together to find the right solution regarding the princess's security. Um, maybe I should be part of that discussion. I wasn't about to let the paranoid council decide to pull me out of school without me there to argue against it. Get in the car, Lily. My father used his kingly voice. You and Carol can sit in the back with one of the agents. Agent is the official title for the trenchies. I made up trenchies because they wear trench coats, and also because they make up names for things when no one explains them to me. The taller trenchie stepped forward. I have to insist I drive, Your Majesty. Fine. Dad tossed him the car keys. Everyone, in the car. Blair, call the doctor from Dr. Knowall. Not Dr. Knowall, the first one, who is actually a doctor. And if he can't help the queen, then call a fairy godmother. Blair nodded and dashed back upstairs. And Jenny, Dad continued, go back to bed. Yes, dear. Mom waved weakly to us. As I opened the car door, I turned around and said, But Dad, make sure the solution the council works on involves me still going to school. Otherwise, Dad pushed me into the car, which I think was a bit outside his normal fatherly and kingly behavior patterns. But I had been stretching mine to the good behavior equation pretty thin. Parents, royal or otherwise, all seemed to really dislike equations with backtalk in them. Hopefully I wouldn't get grounded again. Your Highness... Short Trenchy held the seatbelt buckle for me. He was sitting in the middle between Carol and me. Thanks. I buckled the seatbelt. 
It was weird to have so many people in the car. It made it seem unbalanced. Both trenches were quiet on the way to school, probably scanning the neighborhood for security breaches. I was secretly glad to not have to participate in princessly conversation. I wanted to extrapolate all the possible outcomes of the council meeting and calculate the probability that it was my last day of school. I really, really hoped not. I looked at my watch. 7.39. Corey would arrive soon. Dad and Carol were inside, waiting in Mrs. Price's office. Hey, Corey said quietly, coming up the steps. Corey had been a little distant since the grounding happened. Being evasive wasn't friendship-promoting, and Corey, naturally, wanted to know why I ditched school. Hey, I answered back, wishing again I'd come up with some reason why I'd skip school. Corey had thought of everything, including doing drugs, having a secret boyfriend, or starting a job. Although, the job thing did kind of fit. Do you think you can come over this weekend? I want you to see what I'm working on for Halloween this year. I don't know. Maybe. I'll ask. I wouldn't ask. There was no point. Even though I wouldn't be grounded after today, my parents had made it clear that the weekends were for Smith's SFL. She nodded and searched for something else to say. My dad wants to install timers on our showers. What? Corey nodded. Timers. They automatically shut off the water after 10 minutes. I made a face. That's crazy. That's my dad. It's all he would talk about on the way to school this morning. Apparently, timers on showers are used in reform schools and prisons with great success for managing water. He... She stopped and pointed. Lily, I think that man is waving at you. I turned around to look, and there was my dad, half out the door, motioning for me to come in. Who's that? Corey whispered. Hold on, I muttered and went inside. Dad followed after me, saying, Just a few little difficulties with the paperwork, Lil. I can't remember our phone number, so Mrs. Price said I should come get you. And remember, I'm Matt, the lovable but forgetful assistant, not Dad. I got it. I mumbled, entering Mrs. Price's office. Carol looked annoyed. Mrs. Price smiled. Lily, dear, how nice to see you again. I've just been meeting your charming cousin Carol. Carol showed off her charming ways by rolling her eyes and barely bothering to make her sigh quiet. (sighs) Mrs. Price had no idea what the word charming equaled because Carol was not it. Mrs. Price flashed a fake smile to cover for the charming Carol and continued... Your mother's new assistant can't seem to remember the number to your house. Yeah, it's 555-1509. Lovely. Mrs. Price wrote it down. Why didn't you just look it up in my file? I asked. Carol smiled. Dad looked like this never occurred to him, and Mrs. Price tilted her head. Well, Lily dear, I suppose I could have easily done that. But then I wouldn't get a chance to tell you that Carol will be in your first period legendary literature class, your fourth period health and careers class, and your seventh period tennis class. Isn't that nice? That's, that's nice, I agreed, clearly not agreeing. I wanted you and Carol to have a few classes together so you can look out for her and she won't feel overwhelmed. Carol rolled her eyes again. Why don't you take Carol outside to meet some other students and I'll finish up here with Matt. Carol stood up, grabbing her black book bag. Let's go make some new friends. Her voice was falsely cheerful. Come back here when the bell rings, Carol, and I'll go over the student handbook with you. Mrs. Price was smiling so hard it looked painful. Super, Carol answered. Dad patted me on the shoulder as we left. Thanks, Lily. No problem, Matt. Outside, I introduced Carol to Corey. This is Corey. Corey, this is my cousin Carol. I lied, remembering the cover story. Corey's eyes widened as she took a step back from Carol and her gothness. Distant cousin, Carol amended. I didn't know you had any cousins. Corey's voice was barely above a whisper. I didn't really know either. You didn't know either? 
Corey looked like she didn't believe me. I shrugged. You know how mom is. She never talks about family. That was true, at least. Out of the blue yesterday, she says that her distant cousin is going to Egypt to do an archaeological dig and that her daughter is going to stay with us while she and her husband are gone. Your parents are archaeologists? That's so cool! What kinds of things have they found? Corey's love of history was greater than her fear of gothness. So, who is that man? Corey asked after Carol sh shut down the archaeologic conversation by mumbling, I don't know, to all of Corey's questions. Oh, um, he's my mom's new assistant. He forgot the phone number. I paused, wondering if anyone would really believe this. My mom's sick, so he's filling out the forms to enroll Carol, but he forgot the number because he's new. He's new. He's her new assistant. Okay. Corey drew the word out, probably because I sounded like an idiot. She looked through the doors of the school. Is he coming back? He's kind of cute, don't you think? Carol grinned in her gothic way. I, um, well, maybe cute's not the right word. Maybe mysteriously handsome is better. Um... This was weird. I did not want to think about my dad like that. What's his name? Matt, I answered quickly, glad to move on from how handsome he was. When did your mom hire him? She's never had an assistant before, has she? Corey, I was saved from any more stammering by the bell. Thank you for listening to Calculating Christmas. If you can't wait for next week's chapter, you can always purchase the book on Amazon in print or Kindle formats. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the characters or the story. You can reach out to me through the Lily Sparrow Chronicles Facebook page. Until next time, happy reading.